0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of the LDS study session with me, Matt. And uh, this time uh, I decided that I'd have a little look uh, and share with you some thoughts about one of the areas of the Come Me uh, study uh, materials this week. Um, so looking at the week May 27th to June 2nd, which includes Joseph Smith, Matthew 1, Matthew 25, Mark 12 to 13 and Luke 21, the Son of Man shall come. Uh, and... I've decided to just share something I've kind of thought about uh, with the section for I Must Always Be Ready for the Saviour's Second Coming. Obviously, this week's uh, study is all focused on kind of the prophecies, the teachings and um, guidance that the that the, that the Saviour gives uh, in the week leading up towards his, uh, his atonement and resurrection um, about the fact that he will come again, he will come for a second coming. Now, one of the uh, parables that he shares with this is the parable of the of the ten virgins uh we've actually already studied this as part of come follow me if you remember Uh, in the first week of come follow me uh, we did study this uh, as part of um, our own responsibility to learn lesson which is kind of the, the introduction lesson at the start of the year so um five or six months ago we have looked at this already but i've Kind of learned some more things already about this as we've looked at it as part of the context of getting ready for the Savior's second coming. Now, um, if you have a look, I'm not going to read all the verses because obviously you can read that yourself. But uh, and there is a link uh, to the verses uh, in the um, study note uh, in the last in the show notes of this podcast. But um, there is something which uh, a couple of things stood out to me. First of all, in verse seven, um, we are kind of in the midst of the parable here. And it says uh, in verse seven, then quote, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Close quote. And I just kind of, kind of wondered, you know, what what does it mean to to, uh, when they trimmed their lamps? Obviously, we're at the point here where it's reached midnight and uh, the bridegroom is is arriving, and there's the cry that goes out and says he's coming. You know, the bridegroom's coming. Go go and meet him. And they trim their lamps. Now I was interested uh, to find out what it actually meant to trim their lamps, and it turns out that um, a lamp trimmer w- was a, a specialist position uh, on a ship uh, which involved these, type, these types of oil lamps, and these lamp trimmers would actually have a really important job. Um, this involved them trimming, actually trimming the wick uh, of the lamp which drew the oil, so they would kind of trim around where the oil would be needed to, to, to come through. So that the flame would be clean and bright, so it was removing kind of the waste, I guess, from the, from the lamp or from the from the oil wick, um, so that more oil could come into the to the flame and that it would be clean and bright. Um, they also re- refilled the reservoirs of the oil, which meant there was enough oil uh, to to burn uh, for seven more hours. So they they removed parts of the wick, but they also refilled what was required for the, for the flame to burn bright and i find that really interesting because when you think about that that there, there is some spiritual uh, applications that can, that can happen uh, with this um, so we we can trim our lamps and i think that that you know with this might relate to if when we're looking at what we need to remove from our from our lamps to make sure that the that the flame is bright and and not uh, you know in, in, inhibited in any way we look at our own you know state we look at improving ourselves removing things from our lives that might stop us from you know receiving the most spirits in our lives to make it as as light and as uh, pure as a flame as we can but then also um, making sure that oil is present, you know, in, in our lives that, to ensure that there's fuel. We might look at making sure that we have positive influences in our lives, things that um, produce or bring in enough that, that, that spirits. Um, and so study and prayer and, and partaking of the sacraments and all these things that we talk about all the time about making sure the spirits in our lives that may be something that, uh, that applies to it in that sense. So when we talk about the lamp trimming, there's actually quite a few uh, applications that we can look into for our own lives there. Um, but what I find really interesting is what happens next. Uh, in verse 8 it says, And the foolish said, Unto the wise, give of us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. So, obviously, we we know with the parable uh, that the foolish virgins don't have any spare oil. They run out of oil and they have no oil for for their lamps to burn. They, in essence, have not got enough spiritual um, things or things filling their their lamps to to keep burning their their flame of their faith, if we apply that to the spiritual context. But in verse 9, this is what I find interesting. It says... But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And I was kind of just thinking about this, and this led me to kind of a bit of pondering, and I thought, why would the Saviour teach about those that are stronger in faith, those that have developed the flames of that faith and their oil oil lamps, as it were, why would he make the point that they can't share, and now that there is the obvious answer, which I think we always refer to, is that you know we shouldn't live off the testimonies of others, and that's that's clear, that's quite obvious, uh, and I think that that is important. But I think there is another aspect to this that, um, and if and to be fair, the, this this thought I kind of developed in, in my ponderings, but also it was uh, a thought that uh, came from another excellent podcast, which I do recommend, uh, which is the Interpreter. Uh, who, which often uh, talks about the come follow me lessons on a weekly basis and they kind of develop this idea as well that yes we should encourage others to build their own reservoir of oil for their faith but also we need to recognise that we ourselves have our, our own limits um, we could liken this to a lifeguard you know if, if you see uh, somebody drowning uh, in a river and you, you don't personally have the strength or the technical skills to, to save them, but you jump in and try and save them, then you might just be ending up causing a, a greater issue for two drowning people rather than just one. You, you, you yourself need to develop the strength and the skills to be able to jump in and save that person. And it's the same with the gospel. I think that um, what the, the parable might be referring to here is when there may be a situation where someone is, is struggling in faith, and you yourself might have enough oil for yourself, you might be burning your testimony bright, but you actually have a limitation to how much you can help someone. And so I guess the question for us is, do we have enough oil you know, to, to make sure that we are ready for the second coming? Do we have enough spiritual preparation? Is, is our, are our lamps trimmed enough or able to be trimmed? But also, do we have enough oil Uh, to support others and if we don't is there anything we can be doing at this time is there something we can be doing to improve our testimonies to to further our faith so that we can be ready to help others when that time comes because perhaps those wise virgins in, in the parable they brought enough oil for themselves maybe they could have brought a bigger container and they could have shared some of that oil I don't know. It's just, I mean, obviously the principle in, in the parable is that the foolish virgins should, should have been prepared for themselves, and we should learn from that. But I think, you know, there's a little thing we can take away from that. If, if, we, if we apply ourselves as, as the wise virgins in this parable, I mean, I mean, I think parables are very multi-layered, and there's many meanings to them. And I think often we, should, we find ourselves on the sides of the foolish virgins. Um, we often, it's, it's the same with like the lost sheep. You know, we, we regularly, as members of the church, view ourselves as those that help the shepherd um, find the sheep but very often we are the ones that are lost and so we change positions uh, in these parables very often. Um, the other thing uh, that, that kind of led on to this was something that we as a family studied this week. So we talked about the parable of the ten wise virgins but then we, um, we then moved over uh, to a scripture in uh, Joseph Smith Matthew uh, which I think really really well to this so um what we did is with our two children we said to them right we're going to have a really special treat this week uh but the thing is is that we don't know when this treat will come because i think that one of the most difficult things in teaching children is obviously their concept of time is very different you know a six and a four-year-old their concept of time is you know in two weeks that's forever um, whereas for us that might not be a very long time now you know, we've, we've lived more weeks than they have and so to, to try and teach them the concept that the saviour will come again but we don't know when is very difficult uh, I think for children uh, and so we gave them a, a special coin each which is basically a ten pence coin but we gave them a special coin each and uh, they, um, they were told right you've got to keep this coin safe for some point in this week and at one point in this week, we're going to say, right, it's time for a special treat. But to have that special treat, you need to return that special coin, which uh, ironically is kind of linking to the parable of the talents, although we're not expecting them to kind of go out and do their own business. Um, but we'll, we won't talk about that. <laughs> Let's not confuse them. Um, you want got to bring that coin back, and you can have that special treat. Now, we haven't actually done the special treat yet, and um, I can see where one of my children my daughter put her coin and it's still there so hopefully she'll be all right i hope my son has put it somewhere where he's going to remember because i don't know where he actually put it um so we'll see how that goes but um the principle being being prepared for that time that we don't know uh, when that amazing event will happen i mean it's gonna be some ice creams which for them will be probably as amazing for them as talking about the second coming at this point um but you know, it's, uh, it's something to look forward to. But then we, we kind of hit, hit those coins. I know where mine is, fortunately. Um, and then we talked about treasuring that coin, keeping it safe. Um, how do we treasure up the word of God? In Joseph Smith, Matthew, uh, chapter 1, verse 37, it says, And whoso treasureth, treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. For the Son of Man shall come, and he shall send his angels before him with the great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together the remainder of his elect from the four winds, one from one end of heaven to the other. And I think, you know, this generated a lot of great discussion about, well, you know, we, we're keeping this coin safe. You might check it every now and then, make sure it's there. So what, what does it mean to treasure up the word of God? We had a great discussion about, you know, protecting it and keeping it sacred and, you know, reading it, but then sharing it with others as well. And actually that came from my son, which I thought was really, really impressive. You know, he talked about how, yeah, we need to look after it, but we we need to share we need to let others know about it and how important it is to us and i thought that was brilliant that was spot on um but yeah it, it was it was great and actually it's even led to a discussion about the second coming and about uh you know what would we do if jesus came to our home you know today it was, and you know i think this come and follow me experience has been amazing obviously i've learned so much about, like, for example, the Parable of the Ten Virgins and a bit deeper meaning of it. But also just to see my children learn from the same things we've been learning. It's been part of the joy of the experience of this uh, program. And uh, one of the things that my daughter said was, Oh, if Jesus, if, if Jesus came to our house and I'd want to make him dinner, and Oh, what, what would you make him? What, what, what dinner would you give him? And she said, oh, chicken nuggets. <laughs> That's her favorite thing to eat. Uh, and so we started talking about our favourite foods and things like that. So it's just it's just been a joy. It really has. Um, anyway, that's it for the, for, the t- for today. I am hoping to keep this as a daily entry, but I mean, obviously, some days might not happen. Um, so if if you have chosen to listen, thank you very much. Uh, you uh, please please share your thoughts on on Twitter uh, on at uh, at MF, uh, sorry at matt s roberts ninety. And if you have any thoughts on what was shared share today, or if you have anything that you want to share for any future uh, um, episodes, like if you found something in your study that you really liked and you want to share it, I'll I'll happily study it with you and talk about it because that is really what I want to accomplish from this, building my own faith because I'm selfish, (laughs) Uh, and also because I want to share what I've found with others as well. Thank you very much for listening, and until we meet again.